Hello and welcome to the Theology Etc. podcast. This is Forrest Antimaceris. Very glad you are tuning in with us and listening to the podcast. Whether you're listening on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or even now we are on SoundCloud, which is pretty cool. Check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, I'm not a SoundCloud rapper, but I'm a SoundCloud podcaster, which is like, I don't know, a couple steps removed. Um, No face tattoos yet, so that's good. Um, but I'm glad you're listening, and if you listened to the past episode, if you haven't, I would suggest you do, not just because I'm the one who made it, but because uh, I kind of introduced the new format for the show, um, and we're going to be doing, uh, you know, a show a week. So we're going to have one show a month be theology, one show a month be apologetics, one show a month be a, um, you know, kind of a uh, hot topic issue, usually with a guest. And then one show a month is going to be kind of like personal development, personal growth, stuff like that. Uh, And I'm excited that uh, this week we're going to be talking about personal development, personal growth, something, a spiritual practice that's as old as the church itself, that kind of doesn't get as much attention as it should, I think, at least not within the church. Um, There are some people who are doing this, who are writing about this, who are writing books about this, blog posts, etc. But it's something I've been doing for about a year now, and i got to say it's really... um, I mean, it really can jumpstart not only your spiritual life, but your Bible study habits, your prayer life, all kinds of stuff. And maybe um, you're in a place where you need something, you need some help, you need something almost, this is kind of like an energy bar for prayer life, uh, spiritual life, even even Bible study. Um, so if if that's something you feel like you maybe you just need something, like you're not putting in the time or or maybe uh, it's just not how it used to be. This is something you might want to try. Even if you feel like you're good, even if you're like, I pray a lot, I read my Bible a lot, uh, whatever, you feel like you're on uh, a good plane, I would even suggest it, not only because it's biblical, but because the benefits of it are um, are, are awesome. Uh, so we're going to be talking about what's often called as praying the scriptures, or uh, some people call it praying the Bible or whatever. I think there was a pretty popular book that came out not too, too long ago about praying the Psalms and kind of, you know, a lot of the Psalms are, you know, prayers essentially uh, from David and from others and going through that and using that in your personal prayer life. But even the scriptures that aren't the Psalms, I mean, you can you can put that in your prayer life and you can uh, kind of conjoin your prayer life and your Bible study into uh, one uh, practice of discipleship, which is pretty, pretty awesome, and it has its has its advantages, which we will discuss. But first, I want to look at what I would refer to as pretty much the biblical basis for praying the scriptures. And there's a lot of different places you could go, um, but I want to look at the Book of Acts. You know, the Book of Acts is you know you got the start of the church, you've got the Acts of the Apostles. Some have said it would be more rightly called the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. However you want to look at it, um, you know, it is biblically this big transition. You know, Jesus is gone. He's ascended, you know, but he's not gone, gone. You know, he's just ascended into heaven. And now his disciples are multiplying and his apostles are going out and they're, uh, you know, spreading the word. And the Holy Spirit is doing all these miracles. And and uh, the Holy Spirit, um, he is, you know, acting through the apostles and the early disciples. And they don't have Bibles, but they've got teachers and prophets and apostles and um, you got all these people being converted and they believe and they're baptized and you've got churches being planted, all kinds of cool stuff in the book of Acts. Um, and there's kind of this transition in the book of Acts where you go from following Peter to following Paul. Um, but that's for like a different discussion on a study of the book of Acts. But I just want to look with you. If you have your Bible, that's okay. If not, um, I mean, if you have your Bible, that's great. 
like I said, I think a couple episodes ago, if you're one of those people who listen to a podcast with your Bible, it's pretty awesome. Kudos to you. Uh, a lot of gold stars on your, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway, um, so Acts chapter 4, if you have your Bible, read along. If not, just listen. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. But in Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 23, we're going to see um, some disciples there, some followers of Christ, some believers. They're praying. And the church had just been persecuted pretty heaven, heavily, um, heavily, not heavenly, heavily, uh, by a, a council of Jews. And Peter and John were kind of at the forefront of that persecution, and there was kind of almost a trial. Uh, they were on trial. And the Peter and John are finally released, and we, we get this insight, we get these prayer, this prayer that these early Christians prayed. And notice that Acts chapter 4, beginning in verse 23. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly... In this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to seek to sorry, to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, um, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So I think, for one reason, this is awesome, because think about this. Peter and John just get off of this, essentially, trial, kind of this, this kind of pseudo-imprisonment by some of, these Jewish, some of these Jewish leaders. And they come back to the brethren, and the brethren pray, not for the persecution to cease, not for things to get easier, but for boldness. Lord, help us to be bold and continually to preach boldly in, in the threat of these persecutions. Uh, but notice at the beginning of their prayer, first off, they open their prayer with a quotation from Scripture. Uh, when they pray and they open it and address it to Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. This is um, a description of God that you see throughout the Old Testament, most notably maybe um, in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, when when um, Moses is talking about uh, the holiness of the Sabbath, you know, and he says, you know, the Lord, the God who made the earth and the sea and everything in them, you know, did it in six days and rested on the seventh. The point is there, they're kind of, you know, they're praying the scriptures. They're addressing God the same way he addresses or describes himself in his own scripture. Pretty neat. And then they pretty much in their scripture, not pretty much, but do quote Psalm 2. Um, they're in 25 um, through through the end there. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Not only are they saying that Psalm 2 is fulfilled and what's going on right in front of them with the Gentiles plotting to get rid of Jesus and even uh, the Jews and the kings and the leaders plotting to kind of uh, persecute the believers. They're saying that, you know, our father David, your servant, said this by the Holy Spirit. And truly, we're seeing this today. Help us uh, to have the boldness we need to continue to preach your name in the face of this persecution. So there we see what I think is probably uh, the most clear or explicit um, example 
of the early church praying the scriptures. That is, they're using scripture in their prayer. Um, and sometimes, you know, we think it's weird to quote the Bible when talking to God because God authored the Bible. But we see here that not only is it scriptural, but it, it seems like a pretty natural thing to do. And I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, and we'll talk about that um, in a bit. But I want to talk about a couple of reasons why I think if you're not praying the scriptures, um, it's something you should consider doing. And I'm not saying that, you know, you have to do this every day, every time you pray, every time you read the Bible. But I think, you know, maybe have a Bible study time where you read and you pray. And, you know, every, whether it's every paragraph or every chapter or whatever, you say a prayer based on what you just read. I mean, really, um, I've done that before, and I think uh, I try to do that as often as I can, and it really helps. Now, obviously, sometimes you're reading the Bible to study or to, you know, glean some greater truths. And it's not that we don't grow from that. We do, uh, but maybe it's not as as uh, personal as our personal Bible study. But if you work this into your personal Bible reading, your personal Bible devotional time, I'm telling you, um, it'll, make a, it'll make a big difference, not only in your growth, uh, but for a couple of different reasons. And the first reason that this is awesome and is something um, you should start doing if you if you don't already, is it really recharges your Bible study. Um, sometimes we get in these ruts when we read the Bible and we need this motivation and this push and it's not really something we want to do and it's something we put off. And even when we do it, sometimes we feel like we're not really getting anything out of it. But this will recharge your Bible reading, your personal Bible devotional time. Set time aside. Read a chapter uh, from the Bible. Maybe, you know, read through it. Right now I'm reading through the New Testament chronologically. Um, you know, we read First and Second Thessalonians, read Galatians, read James. Now I'm working on First uh, Corinthians. But whether you have a Bible reading plan or whatever, you know, when you set time aside to read your Bible personally for yourself to grow uh, and to learn more, work this into it. You know, read, um, you know, a point at a time. When Paul finished making the point he's making, you know, pray about it. And we're going to look at some examples um, in a bit. But the first reason why I think that this can really um, help you and bless you um, is because it really, it, it does recharge your Bible study. It makes it more personal. It makes application easier. A lot of times when we go um, to a worship service and we hear a preacher preach, hopefully he's making application from the text. He's saying, uh, you know, this is what this text meant to its original audience. This is what God is saying here. Here's the meaning. You know, here is the theological principle in this text. And then hopefully he brings that home and he's like, okay, this is what we need to do in our lives. If we're in this situation, if we meet these conditions, then based on this text, these are things we should be implementing in our own lives. Uh, so application usually comes pretty easy when we're sitting there and we're listening to a lesson. But application oftentimes it's harder to make when it's just our own personal Bible reading. We kind of forget that step, like we're just reading to gain information or we know it's something we should do and we're hoping to grow from it. Um, but when we pray what we've just read and make it personal to us and are requesting personal things from God based off of the scriptures we just read, um, it makes application a lot easier. It connects us with God's word in a more intimate fashion, because that's not just something we read and we move on. It's something we read, we read, we read, and we're kind of internalizing, and we're having a dialogue with God by by kind of praying some of that back to Him. It also helps you see God's big picture playing out in your life. You know, God's, because um, uh, God's big plan that includes even you. You know, with the scheme of redemption and everything, because 
it's easy, you know, especially sometimes in the Old Testament to read it and be like, okay, this means nothing to me. But if you're reading it through the lens of, you know, how can I implement this in a prayer? What can I ask uh, from God from this verse? Um, things start becoming a lot more personal. And I think that's good because, you know, the Bible, uh, while it was written to its original audience, it was in part written for us and preserved for us. And we have it in front of us. And this is what we grow from. And this is our source of good theology and sound doctrine. And this is what we need to grow spiritually. Uh, so it's good when we can make it personal. It's good when we can make our own personal application to the word. Uh, so that's kind of the first reason um, that praying the scriptures is something I think that we should put into practice. Another is it really does revitalize your prayer life. Um, <laughs> if you're like me, you know, I, I struggle with my prayer life probably more than I do with Bible reading personally. Um, and it's not that I pray less than I read my Bible. I would say, you know, it's about the same, maybe more because you're praying before meals or praying uh, you know, when you go to bed, when you wake up, you're praying, when you're scared, you're praying. If you're like me, I like, I don't mind driving around town and stuff, but I hate driving on the interstate and getting on highways and going for a trip more than like an hour and a half. I just get scared. Like I'm a worst case scenario kind of guy. I'm thinking about, you know, car accident statistics and all this stuff. So I pray a lot when I'm, when I'm driving, when I'm getting ready to drive while I'm driving, um, with my eyes open, of course, you don't have to close your eyes to pray or bow your head. That's kind of a, um, uh, a thing, but you can pray anytime, anywhere, any place. Um, so, but a lot of times, my, my whole point for this was our prayer life becomes stagnant because a lot of times, and this is just me personally, maybe this isn't everybody, but a lot of times our prayers are kind of the same thing over and over again. And I don't think, you know, we are, or I don't think a lot of us are doing like the vain repetitious phrases that Jesus is kind of, you know, he condemns on uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we kind of plateau on our prayer life and nothing really changes. And maybe every now and then when we really need something, you know, we'll add that in there uh, as an extra thing. But praying the scriptures revitalizes our prayer life. It breaks us out of some of those prayer ruts we get into, not only in times and places, but but subjects. Um, and what happens is your prayers are as varied and exhaustive as the scriptures themselves when you pray the scriptures. When you're reading through and you've got, a, whether it's a Bible reading plan or whatever, um, you know, however you set up your Bible reading, when you are praying through that as well, it recharges your prayer life. It, it um, you know, makes things personal. You're making personal requests to God. It's not just the same old, same old, you know, Lord bless this food to our bodies and our bodies to your service. It's not the same old... Uh, you know, God protect us while we sleep, um, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with those prayers. Don't get me wrong. But this is kind of like a jump start to deeper, more meaningful conversation with God, uh, which is important, you know, because, um, you know, God talks to us through the Bible, we're reading that, and then we talk to him back through our prayers. And it's, it's really an awesome thing. Um, so it can recharge our Bible study, it can revitalize our prayer life, but it also, I mean, it really does give a, uh, a big kick to just our spiritual life as a whole. Um, like I said, you know, it's like a conversation. We're getting this stuff out of the Bible, out of God's word, God's communication to us, and then we're internalizing it. And, you know, in our request to him, you know, having kind of filling out that conversation and we read something in the Bible, then we pray to God, God help me to, you know, put this into practice and different specifics of whatever it was we read. It's really a more intimate connection 
uh, in some ways with God, and it creates kind of a closed circuit. You know, God, the Bible, to us, back to Him. Um, and it's, it's really cool. Um, and it also, I mean, it just makes sense. Like, when you think about it, you know, Scripture, what is Scripture? You know, Paul would tell us um, in 1 Corinthians 2 that it is, in essence, the communication, you know, of the very mind of God. Now, obviously, it's not all of the mind of God. You couldn't put that in a book. Um, but the Spirit of God searches the mind of God, communicated it to the inspired men, and then they gave that to us. So Scripture allows us to know the very mind of God, at least parts of it, what He wants us to know. And when you read through it, not only are we learning about God, not only are we learning about ourselves and what God has done for us and our state with Him or without Him, but we're reading reasons to praise Him, reasons to thank Him. Um, you know, it gives us what we need to grow if we would apply it to our lives. And praying to God based on what we've read about Him just seems like the natural thing to do. When you are reading Scripture and you learn about Him, you see what He's done for us, whatever it is, and then you kind of reciprocate that back to Him. It seems like a natural thing. It seems like um, it's good. It's good to do. And obviously, when you take the example of the New Testament church in Acts chapter 4, and that's exactly what they do for a reason. It just was a natural thing for them. And when they wanted to pray uh, for boldness, uh, you know, they quoted not only their address to God, the Old Testament, but also when they were looked around the world around them, they were like, wow, this is exactly like you said, God, in Psalm chapter 2. Help us to, you know, to be bold in the face of this. And it's really, really a cool thing. Um, But one more disclaimer before, or just really a disclaimer before we, uh, maybe we set out a couple of examples. Um, You know, we're praying, when you pray the scriptures, the goal is to pray the meaning of the scriptures, not just the words. You know, it's not just, okay, the Bible says this, so you, you you know, repeat it back to God without kind of contemplating on what it means to you and what it means kind of big picture. That's, that's not what's going on here. That's not where um, this, this helps us. It helps us when we're learning from the Bible, knowing what it says, learning what it says, learning what it means, and then taking that meaning, applying it to our lives, and, and then praying to God with that meaning, you know, gotten from his... <laughs> So my, my grammar is just falling apart. When we get that meaning from the Bible, and then with that meaning in our minds, pray about it to God, um, that's when that, that's what we're going for. It's not just you know, it's not just the words themselves, it's the meaning, it's the meaning behind it. Um, so just keep that in mind when you're doing this. Now, maybe an example uh, or two as I flip through my Bible and uh, maybe see some examples uh, of prayers that we could have. Um, the other day I read First Thessalonians. It's a great book. Um, next time you study First Thessalonians, just you know, pay attention. But it's but it's awesome because chapter like halfway through chapter one through chapter three really is almost like a parenthetical insertion. Next time you read First Thessalonians, notice that he really doesn't get into uh, almost what he wanted to write about till chapter four. He's kind of talking like, "Hey, remember us? Remember how we acted among you?" Um, etc., and kind of defending uh, him and Silas and Timothy. But then in chapter 4, he moves on, and then he, he goes on talking about other things. But um, uh, to give an example from uh, 1 Corinthians, I mean, sorry, <laughs> 1 Thessalonians, let's see here, let's see, where do I want to do it? Chapter 5, even from the, um, even from the, uh, you know, from the outro here, I'll just start in verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12, we're going to read it, and then, you know, just I'm going to talk about, you know, if we're going to pray that scripture, you know, obviously it's personal for everybody, but what might that sound like? So 1 Thessalonians 5, beginning of verse 12, 
We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good and to and um, sorry to do to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under the oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So there you have kind of the outro of First Thessalonians 5. And just by way of example, you know, what, what would a prayer from that scripture look like? Well, it's probably different. It will be different for everybody. You know, prayer is a very, a very personal thing. Private prayer is. Um, but just as an example, after reading what we just read, you know, a prayer from this, uh, from, from the scripture might be something like, um, you know, God, you know, thank you for all that you've done for me. Please help me to uh, respect uh, those who labor uh, in the Lord. Help me to respect those elders and those people who make the decisions in the congregation that I'm in. Help me, Father, to be a peacemaker. Help me to help those around me who need help. Help me to always look for opportunities to help the weak, the faint-hearted. The faint-hearted. Help me, Father, to be patient, to be more patient. Help me not to repay evil um, for evil. Help me to be uh, more rejoicing in my circumstances. Help me to realize that even the worst circumstances with you as your child, I have reasons to rejoice in them. Thank you so much, Father, for the work you've done through your Son in re redeeming me and in sanctifying me and setting me apart uh, through your word. We, uh, I'm so thankful for all that you've done, and I know that you're faithful, and you can keep me blameless until the coming of your Son, and pray that I'll be more mindful of that and and uh, be more thankful for that. Help me, Father, to put uh, importance in your word and to um, want to study it and to want to learn from it, uh, etc. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, so there you have just an example of what that might be like. You know, Paul said, you know, uh, to respect those who labor among you and respect those uh, over you in the Lord, right? So, Maybe you have a personal situation with an elder. Maybe there's a conflict there. Maybe there's a difference of opinion. Whatever it is, you know, having been reminded of that in First Thessalonians 5, that would be a good time to pray about it. And then, you know, Paul gives all these, all these imperatives, verses 14 and following. Maybe you see something personally that you're not doing from those imperatives. Maybe I'm not looking for opportunities to help the weak. Maybe I am repaying evil for evil. That's a time, after being reminded from that in First Thessalonians 5, that's a time for you to pray about that to God, to ask Him for help, uh, to ask Him for forgiveness, to ask Him for the strength to do as His Word says. You know, Paul says there to abstain from every form of evil. Maybe there's something in your life uh, that you've got going on that you know doesn't jive with God's Word. That's a time to pray about it, to repent of it, to confess that sin to God, to turn from it. You know, uh, verses 23 through 24 of First Thessalonians 5, some of my favorite you know, this is like one of my favorite verses uh, in all the Bible. The God of peace himself, 
May he sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you see just the scope and the power of God's sanctification of us as Christians. And then just the icing on the cake, verse 24, he who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. The confidence that we have in God, that he'll do what he promised, that when Jesus comes, those who have put their trust in him and obeyed him, you know, will be blameless and will be taken up with him. Um, after being reminded of that in First Thessalonians 5, that's, I mean, that's a great reason to praise God, to thank God uh, in prayer and to be mindful of it. And then verse number 27, I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. What is Paul saying there? He's saying, look, what I've written to you is important. The word, it's the word of the Lord. It's not just the word of Paul, and that's a good reminder for us. And we should pray to God. Help us to have a right view of your word. Help us to want to be serious about it and want to share it with others and take it as seriously as you take it. Now, I know that may have been a little awkward, you know, listening to somebody pray um, over a podcast. Um, hopefully it wasn't too bad, but I, th- I, I just want you to kind of get the point. You know, it's more than just repeating, you know, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, Lord, help me. I know I kind of I got into that rut a little bit, but that's a that's a big part of it, you know. And after communicating that to God, and then looking for the opportunities to do that, you know, the Lord, you know, will help you do those things. He's commanded us. We're asking Him for help. We're mindful of them. That that all can go that all can go a long way. Um, and you can do this from anywhere. It's not just the Pauline epistles. You can do this in the Old Testament. You can do this even in places where it seems like it's just. Uh, you know, sometimes in the Old Testament, in that historical narrative, we're like, this means nothing to me, uh, but you're wrong. You know, when you look at, when you look at all the different things that happen, when you look at, let's say, for example, Israel spending time in the wilderness and, and, you know, going through that 40 years and their, you know, all the hardships and all the challenges, you know, after reading that, maybe that's in your daily reading schedule or plan or whatever, and you go to God and you pray that, um, you know, we'll recognize sin when it's in our lives, and you pray to Him that you will, that you will realize that sin has consequences, and hopefully that, you know, help Him to pray that He'll help you have the strength to overcome temptation, and you know, uh, you know, you know, First Corinthians ten that God gives an escape. You know, pray that you'll be looking for that escape. There's all kinds of stuff everywhere in the Bible where you can pray the scriptures. I mean, this is kind of a universal thing. Any scripture you read, any chapter you read, wherever you are in your Bible reading, um, pray those scriptures back to God. And again, it's not, you know, the words themselves, but the meaning behind it. Make application to yourself. Help God to, uh, no, sorry, pray God uh, to help you keep to it, uh, to give you that strength, uh, whatever it may be. Um, You know, that's just one example of many of praying the scriptures. But if this is something that you've never done before, I want to challenge you out of love to do it. Because uh, I think, you know, you'll, you'll fall in love with it and you'll see the benefits of it. And uh, you'll see how it strengthens not only your prayer life and uh, your, your Bible study, but just your spiritual life as a whole. There are a lot of blessings in doing this. Uh, you know, if maybe if you're not on a Bible reading plan or you've got nothing set up, you know, to read the Bible, uh, start, you know, just a chapter a day even, you know, start in Matthew, read through the New Testament, uh, you know, or start in Galatians. I mean, you can read from Galatians to Jude, each of those, you can easily read each of those books in a day. I mean, it takes a lot of them, like less than 30 minutes. Um, you know, it's something to do in every chapter, pray to God, you know, after every point that you're like, man, I really need help implementing that in my life. Pray to God, uh, whatever it may be. And I think you'll, you'll see the blessings of it quick. And I'm not saying, 
um, you know, this is like esoteric knowledge and your brain will expand and you'll become the most spiritual person in the world. I'm not saying that. That's not biblical. I'm just saying that praying the scriptures is biblical and it's something that, that helps us and it's something that we should be engaged in, not only in private prayer, but I think in, in public prayer too. I'm thinking of a guy at the church I go to. Every time he gets up to pray, he quotes multiple scriptures and it's not just he's rattling them off. He's making application for us as a congregation from those scriptures in that prayer back to God and saying, look, uh, we know your word says this. Help us to do that. You know, help us to keep these things in mind, um, etc. So I think uh, there's a lot of blessings, a lot of benefits from this biblical practice of praying the scriptures. And, you know, I'm not an expert, anything like that. It's just something that hopefully will help you. Um, is this something you've been doing? Is this something you want to do? Are you going to start this and uh, or look forward to starting it? Let me know in the comments. You know, maybe there's something uh, like praying the scriptures that is often overlooked that, that can really help people. I'd love to hear about it, you know. Um, and I'd also love to hear from you if, if you end up implementing this in your in your daily Bible reading or whatever it is. I'd love to hear from it. See how it's working for you. See, see how it's going. Uh, but again, if you have any questions, any comments, you want to reach out to me, feel free to email me, forest at theologyetc.org, or send me a message on Facebook or you know, whatever, however you want to reach out to me. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, so once again, I thank you for listening. Uh, next week's episode, Lord willing, I'll be getting together with Sam Glover. He's been on the show before. He came on the show and we talked about the Trinity and uh, a couple other things. Hell, even. That was that was, that was was uh, an intense show. This one probably will be too. We're going to be talking about some of the political division that exists within the church and uh, not really how to get over it, Maybe uh, that'll come up, but really just how do we how do we deal with it when we have a brother or a sister in Christ who we disagree with politically? Um, you know, how do we still have spiritual fellowship with them? How do we treat them? How do we go forward from there? And again, we don't have all the answers, but I'm excited to just have that conversation and hopefully hear from you guys as well. So I hope you'll tune in next week. I hope you will, uh, uh, you know, implement praying the scriptures. And if you think somebody else uh, would benefit from this, you know, feel free to share it, uh, or just tell them about it. But I thank you for listening and hope you'll tune in next week. And, um, yeah, that's it. God bless till next time. Thanks. Mm-hmm.